Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't the best sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will Evening, welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags and joining me is Dane. Um, and we are here on a Monday evening. A victory Monday again, Dane, as the Packers pull off a big fourth quarter comeback against the New Orleans Saints. And what a wild roller coaster of a ride that was, Dane. But uh, the Packers are able to get the victory, move to two and one on the season. So we're going to get into that tonight. Uh, but we're also going to look ahead. Uh, the Packers have a short week this week. So just one podcast here uh, doing both the recap and a look ahead to the Lions coming to Lambeau Field for Thursday night football. So, Dane, uh, how are you doing this evening, first of all? Wags, I'm doing great, man. Happy uh, happy Monday. Packers win. Feeling great. Uh, couldn't be more happy about, about how things turned out. There's things that need to be cleaned up, of course. But I'll tell you what. Uh, anytime the Packers can can get a W, Jordan Love's first game as a starting quarterback, Lambeau Field took care of business when we needed him to do it most. He got a huge ovation uh, going into the game uh, when when he got announced, and then all he did uh, was put on an absolutely legendary performance to start his career as a starting quarterback. So I couldn't be happier, and it's pretty crazy, man. We're sitting here celebrating an awesome W, and all of a sudden the Lions, (laughs) we're going to turn around and have the Lions in just a few short days. So um, I think that it makes sense tonight, folks. We're going to talk a little bit about what we saw uh, and Sunday, and then we're going to transition and talk about the Detroit Lions a little bit and what we're expecting and short turnaround at Lambeau Field on Thursday. So buckle up. It's going to be a uh, action-packed podcast here tonight, but so excited to be on with you, Wags, as always. Yeah, and for those of you that are joining us live, uh, we are on uh, Instagram Live as well as on our Facebook Twitter, X, and YouTube channels live. So if you have any comments, if you're fired up uh, after that performance uh, on IG, we've got Captain Colby Jack uh, joining us. Go Pack Go from Ontario, California. Thanks so much for joining us. Go Pack Go. Uh, We've got uh, Nose Villa 615. Go Pack Go. So uh, go ahead and, and put in any questions, comments you have in any of those live channels, and we'll certainly try to get to them throughout the show. But Dane, first of all, let's just dive right into this is what I'm just going to call a gutsy performance. Uh, When's the last time you've seen one? uh, Well, if you count special teams, two parts of uh, two units of the Packers struggle so mightily for three quarters and somehow just battle and just, you know, pull everything together and uh, make a comeback like that. Normally the comebacks are, you know, uh, one Maybe the defense is struggling, but the offense is on fire or vice versa. Uh, but um, defense held their own for the most part for all four quarters, especially tightened up in the second half. But as much as the offense and special teams were struggling through three quarters, it just didn't look good. So this was a different type of comeback performance than I think we've seen in a long time from a Packers team. 
Yeah, I can't even remember the last time we've seen a performance quite like this from a Green Bay Packers team. And and coming off the heels of a gut-wrenching loss down in Atlanta, too. That's that's the other piece of this, looking at it, the big, big picture, right? Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, we, we blow this 12-point lead down in Atlanta in week two and then come out flat making a ton of mistakes. You know, there's penalties. There's a lot of uh, errors early in the game uh, yesterday. And then in the fourth quarter, something that I I don't know if I quite could have fathomed, Wags, uh, to start the year. We we were high on Jordan Love. We had high expectations, expectations of Jordan. Um, we're, we're on the record as saying that we were excited that he was going to be the quarterback this year. I didn't quite expect Jordan Love in his first start at Lambeau, his third start, like true start as the starting quarterback of the Packers, to put the team on his back in the fourth quarter uh, with his legs, with his arm, and make some ridiculous plays the way that he did it. And and he did it. And it wasn't a perfect game from Jordan. You know, there were some errors in the first three quarters. But, man, in that fourth quarter, he was electric. He, he, he wouldn't be shaken um, and, and wags. Um, he showed it with his legs. He showed it with his vision yet again. And the, some huge, huge throws in, in major pressure filled situations. I mean, I, I think about um, there's a two play series wags. There's a two play series, the touchdown and the two point conversion. Um, the, the first one, it's Demario Davis, who's an all pro inside linebacker, right? For, for New Orleans. We talked about him on the preview. He's a beast. He's a tackle machine. And Jordan Love on that that um, that um, option play, kind of that read option play, faked it to Patrick Taylor on fourth down, and he's able to shimmy uh, Davis off and lands in the end zone for that touchdown. And he told everybody, hey, I'm going to do a Lambo leap if I rush one in. And guess what? He had the presence of mind. This is classic Jordan Love already. He stayed calm. He stayed composed. He was jacked, celebrated with his boys, but he got everybody back in the huddle. Next play, Wags. The pocket breaks down. It looks like all hell is about to break loose. And Jordan makes maybe the best throw of his young professional career. He steps up in the pocket across the field, crosses body against Lattimore, the best corner, the best defensive back on New Orleans, and finds Samari Torrey for that two-point conversion. Gutsy call by Matt LaFleur to, to go for two, puts the Packers within six. An incredible execution by Jordan Love on a play that was clearly breaking down. And that went when that happened, Wags, that's when I just to myself was like, he's arrived, win or lose. That was a hell of a back-to-back play series. He looked so um, in the element, under pressure in that moment. So how exciting was that? And of course, the final drive uh, was just masterful. But wow, what a gutsy performance for Jordan Love uh, in front of the home crowd in his first uh, performance there like that. It was just, it was magical. It really was. Yeah, and I think gutsy is definitely the right word for it because uh, he 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 missed a lot of throws, but he was not going to stay down. And, and no. so that's 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 why you had that's the perfect adjective for this performance. Uh, so there's certainly plenty to improve upon, but he came up big when it mattered. And I think the poise that we continue to see from Jordan Love, the leadership that we continue to see, and only his. Uh, fourth NFL start is Crazy. pretty pretty great to see in terms of that progression. Those other things are going to come, uh, especially without some of the main guys that that they had out with this this game for the second week in a row. So, Dane, going back to that two point conversion call, um, and we're kind of jumping around a little bit here in the recap. But what was your initial reaction to that call uh, by Coach Lafleur? Because I have to admit, 
Um, I haven't seen that. I, I think too much uh, in other games. Uh, yeah. Certainly it makes sense to go, go for two in situations when you're coming from behind, but uh, that normally you don't, I don't know that we've really seen teams do that. Um, yeah. and I, I, I saw the, the analytics later, uh, but my initial reaction was, Oh, this is interesting. I I, I didn't hate it in the no. moment, but I said, "Oh, this is interesting." Didn't quite understand it. Um, did get the the idea that hey, they've got to go down, get a hold them and score another touchdown either way. So why not? Uh, but certainly, it, it was a, a it was a, a momentum shifting moment. I think to convert the two point. Uh, play there uh, not only a great off schedule throw from Jordan Love as you mm-hmm. highlighted so well but uh, to cut that game to six it just felt a little bit different in that yeah. moment um, so I'm kind of curious what what your reactions were uh, when that call was made and then throughout uh, that process and, and kind of what your mentality was after they did convert it to cut it to six. Well, it's trust, right? I mean, talk about the trust Matt LaFleur has uh, in that offense at that moment. And and you mentioned some of the guys that are down. Um, if you're listening to this pod, I don't have to mention it, but I'm going to. Um, you know, Bakhtiari's out. Elton Jenkins is out. Aaron Jones is out. Christian Watson's out, right? I mean, don't even have to mention Jair Alexander on the defense, but all those offensive pieces. I mean, I saw that uh, nearly, what was it, a little over 50% of the cap space the Packers have was either out or, you know, injured or, or, or on another team at this point for this game. So it's just remarkable that, that Matt LaFleur in that moment gave the keys of the car to this young offense. And, and he gave the keys of the car to Jordan Love in that moment, for better or worse, and it worked out. I mean, and talk about, um, the confidence builder there. You can't tell me that uh, these guys now aren't hyped that they have that kind of trust uh, from the coaching staff. For, for them in that moment, um, they're down. They're, it feels down and out a little bit. And they get that touchdown on fourth down. They go for it. They have to go for it. And, and in that, even in that moment, Wags, they put the ball in Jordan's hands on fourth down. Uh, completely in his hands. It was his option. So he can hand the ball off. Is he going to run that ball, take it himself, right? And then for that two-point conversion, um, not only to do it in that moment, but to trust in a young quarterback to stay as composed as he was able to do and then make that play. I just, it's, it's, it, you're right. You don't see it happen even with great quarterbacks that have done it for years and years and years. So for Matt LaFleur to do that, um, actions speak louder than words in everything in life. And 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 the action to, to put that responsibility in the hands of this young uh, offense says volume, speaks volumes of what they think that this offense is capable of. And, and LaFleur and the coaching staff was rewarded in spades, not only with that play, um, but, you know, going forward the rest of the game. And wouldn't you know it, Wags, um, they got aggressive and they came out with a victory um, in just a remarkable fashion. But I, 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 I liked it. Um, yeah, I was nervous, but I liked mm-hmm. it. And and when it, when it happened, and of course after it happened, man, I liked it even more. But I, I love Lafleur's, um, you know, the the chutzpah that he had to say, let's go out and, and try to win this thing. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think not only uh, with Love, a gutsy performance, but some of the other players on the offensive side of the ball, just looking at some of the receivers, um, uh, Jaden Reed uh, had kind of a tough day. I had some really tough potential catches, maybe a couple of them you'd like to see him be able to secure and pull down. Not the easiest catches, but uh, makes just a, a huge diving catch in that last 
drive, as you mentioned, just magical. Romeo Dobbs had 12 targets, wasn't able to to connect maybe as efficiently as what they would like. Um, was did when you look at stat line, five catches, 73 yards, and touchdown looks pretty good. Uh, mm. but 12 targets, you'd like to see a few more of those connect, certainly. But uh, made some just big time catches, uh, in that last series, uh, capped off by wow. the touchdown on that back shoulder throw. Uh, just a beautiful throw from Love, but a fantastic catch by Dobbs as well. Uh, those are not easy plays to execute, but those guys came up with some some huge plays as well to help their young quarterback when it mattered the most. So I just want to highlight that. I thought Luke Musgrave, uh, just as a receiver, uh, finally got a few more targets this week, and he's going to continue to get more and more because the dude is open all over mm-hmm. the field. Uh, when he gets open that often, it's just hard not to keep throwing him the ball. So uh, I think these guys are going to get more and more opportunities, uh, and certainly you hope Christian Watson and Aaron Jones can can get healthy and play and return here soon because uh, that's going to certainly change the d- dynamic of the offense as well. Uh, but uh, it's just fantastic to see those guys. Uh, and, and Dontavian Wicks as well yeah. uh, made some great catches, six targets yesterday and was able to pull in four receptions as well. So um, I just want to highlight that those guys, uh, you know, certainly I think it's right there. You can see that and I made the comment in our Packer chat uh, this morning that I, I, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, I truly believe both of those guys uh, could could have a, a game or two this season where you're looking at an eight plus catch, a hundred yard type performance, and because they they're just their their ability to be able to separate and find spots on the field is so evident in ways with all respect to some of the receivers we've had here the last couple of years it just didn't seem to be happening uh with as great frequently with uh, with the uh, exception of, of a Devante Adams, uh, but uh, it's not really across the board. We haven't seen as much of that. And certainly Dobbs in year two continues to develop that. Uh, and, and Christian Watson, when he comes back, I would expect to obviously we'll have that separation ability as well. So exciting stuff from the offense, lots of things to still learn from. It's not pretty. I don't want to sit here and be all rose colored uh, when you don't score any points through three quarters. It's it's there's some there's some negatives there as well. Uh, but uh, certainly we can focus more on the positives uh, based on the outcome and, and how they were able to finish down the stretch. Yeah, you mentioned Octavius Wick, something that never shows up in the in the box score, but another um, big pass interference on him downfield. Um, you know, got huge chunk yards uh, because of he, he he's a burner. Um, so he's a guy who's just becoming somebody before our eyes as a, as a very young wide receiver. So excited to see that develop and, and continue to happen. He seems to have uh, a, a little bit of mustard with Jordan Love, right? There's some kind of flow there. They like each other. There's some good chemistry there. You mentioned Jaden Reed. Yeah, a couple drops, but Wags, you're right. This is your guy, and he's 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 a guy. He can play ball. Uh, great chemistry with, with, with Jordan Love. A couple other guys that I just want to mention looking at my notes. Dane, just before yeah. we ju- dive into that, I think one thing that maybe we should do is let's talk about the offensive line and the run game yeah. with respect to the Detroit preview. I think we can kind of just 
look back a little bit and look and make that part of our look ahead. So I, I'm guessing that's kind of the direction you are about to go. But just in the interest of time, let's kind of move that in that direction. Why don't we head over to the defensive side of the ball? And um, this was an interesting performance. I I, I know nationally uh, the story and maybe from the Saints is a little bit Derek Carr goes out and the Saints aren't able to score any more points. But the reality is, is they had only put 10 points up on the board. Um, one of those touchdowns was aided by a short field. Uh, the Packers going for it on fourth down and really botched that play pretty badly. Um, that's uh, the type of play I'd rather see them try on first, second or third down, frankly, than a fourth down situation. But that's neither here nor there. Um, it, 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 and, and I don't know. I, I thought the defense did their their part and, and bounced back really well, tackled a, a lot better in this game uh, than they did the prior week against the Falcons, which is always going to help. Um, you know, the, the Saints have some guys. Uh, Olave got a loose for a couple of catches, but I thought they held him uh, contained really well. Um, and uh, say what you will, uh, again, about uh, Jameis Winston. The guy's played a lot of games in the league. He can sling it. Uh, so it, it, there was nothing that the Saints, I think, really changed all that much when Derek Carr went down. It, it certainly isn't going to help them to lose Derek Carr, but uh, frankly, I thought the defense looked pretty solid all day. And how about Rashawn Gary coming in and 23 uh, snaps is able to put up three sacks and have the type of performance he did. Um, when when you're getting performances like that, um, that certainly takes a lot of pressure off the rest of the defense, doesn't it, Dan? Absolutely. Um, Rashawn Gary got emotional after the game. Uh, we, we saw him in the locker room and uh, I don't blame him. I, I, you talk about a, you know, a comeback. Uh, somebody who 10 months ago tears his ACL. We've seen ACL injuries, uh, uh, any position group. It's, it's, it's a nasty injury. It's, it's not what it was 20 years ago, but man, it's a tough one to come back from uh, the rehab um, you know, the, all, all the effort, all the work that has to go in and, and a little bit of luck too. And to, to watch Rashawn Gary, the, nobody maximizes the, the, you know, the God-given ability the way Rashawn Gary does. He's as hardworking uh, of a guy. Um, I, we put it on social media. We've watched 40 years of Packer football. You and I, 80 if you, if you total it separately. And I'm not sure if I've ever seen a more passionate player uh, than Rashawn Gary. He loves the game. He loves the team. He's a leader. Um, you know, he, he, he talks, but he also just goes out and does his job too. He, he's this phenomenal balance uh, as an athlete, as a player. Um, came into Green Bay, right, as somebody that a lot of folks were looking sideways at. Oh, they drafted him. And all he's done is, is go out and just prove everybody um, wrong that, that doubted him. Right. And it's, it's so fun to watch him get out there. Three sacks wags on a limited snap count. We're talking what 23, 24 snaps yesterday, hit the quarterback a ton, three sacks, maybe had a forced fumble in there as well that, that got, you know, re-recovered by the saints, but, um, he was a wrecking ball. He always is when he's out there and after the game, got a game ball well-deserved, but I mean, talk about leading, um, not only verbally, but also by example, that's the kind of Matt LaFleur said it yesterday after the game, he said, that's the kind of guy you want to go to war with. And I couldn't agree more. I'm so proud of Rashawn. I'm so excited for him to be building off of this. It's a contract year for him. And it's just awesome 
to see somebody like him, you know, going out, putting in the work and you're seeing the results come out of that. So, I mean, what more can you say other than, man, Rashawn Gary's back and it's awesome to see it. He's the difference maker, I think, on this defense week in and week out. And he was a wrecking ball yesterday against the Saints uh, um, all game. But especially in that fourth quarter, it's like he just cranked it up another notch and was just sniffing Jameis Winston when, when we needed him most. It was great to see. Yeah, for sure. And then this this defensive front, um, and, and we lost Devondre Campbell uh, in this game as well with an Early ankle two. injury. First quarter. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was not the same ankle as he uh, twisted in camp. So now he's got two uh, bomb ankles. So I would be surprised if we see him Thursday. But um, yeah, so, but the defensive line, I, I thought really really plug those holes. Uh, the, the Saints only averaged three and a half yards per carry on the ground. Uh, and I know that they didn't have Jamal Williams. Uh, they're still without Kamara, who's coming off of suspension. Uh, so I understand that. But this, as a whole, there just wasn't a, a lot of openings there for those running backs. Uh, Miller, the rookies, coming in uh, with fresh legs. Sometimes you can get burned in those situations. And and the Packers were able to to contain him and Tony Jones. Taysom Hill didn't uh, come in in any gadget plays and really hurt us at all uh, for the most part. So um, just a really solid performance up front. Um, and hopefully that's something to build on. I know this wasn't a a super dangerous saints offense, uh, obviously. And, and their run game, uh, is, is kind of where they want to have their, their bread buttered though. So, so I, I just think it was something to build off of. And, and certainly, um, we got to come with the same attitude and, and the same aggression and the, the, the same, uh, overall performance from those guys up front, um, week in and week out. So, uh, it starts this week in, uh, against Detroit, but certainly encouraging Dane to see, uh, us bounce back and, and not get steamrolled like we did against the Falcons. Yeah, and and what do you make of Rudy Ford? I mean, I thought the best, maybe the best, most complete game we've seen Rudy Ford as a starting safety for the Packers. Maybe not as flashy as those interception games, but uh, as far as just solid football, uh, he, he led the team in tackles, but more than that, he was just around the ball a ton. Um, you know, play, played the lanes really well, played the pass extremely well, had a nice pass breakup at one point. I just really liked the game that he had in Darnell Savage Jr. Wags. Uh, when we needed him, he had a huge special teams tackle. He was flying around yesterday, um, very aggressive yesterday. So, um, you know, got to give a shout out to, to both of those guys. But I was really impressed by Rudy Ford's play. That, by, by far, I think the best game he's played, really sound tackling the ball as well. So shout out to him, really good game there. And, you know, you you mentioned Devondre Campbell, Isaiah McDuffie coming in to kind of pinch hit in the inside next to Quay Walker a number of times. And I thought that he really acclimated himself well. I didn't see any missed tackles from Isaiah. So, you know, shout out to some of these guys stepping up. It's a next man up mentality, right? And it's it's cool to see that. And Corey Ballantyne as well on the practice squad ends up playing. We're down to three corners yesterday in the fourth quarter. You know, at any point, those guys can get torched. And I thought Ballantyne largely played a pretty good football in that base D. He came up to play special teams and come in in an emergency he ended up playing in an emergency some very critical snaps you know so shout out to these guys and and you've shout out to Razul Douglas a ton this year Wags and I thought he had another really fine performance uh, overall played a really nice game so you know this defense as maligned as they are we need to give them love well, when they play really good game and you know it wasn't 
perfect again. There were some penalties. There's some stuff. But, you know, anytime you can hold an NFL offense to, you know, single digit more or less, that's pretty damn good. So so I thought a lot of guys individually had some pretty nice performances yesterday. Yeah, and good news on Carrington Valentine. Uh, Coach LaFleur confirmed that he did not tear his bicep as our pectoral muscle. As I didn't see that. That's awesome. So uh, it looked like that could have been a serious injury. Now, he didn't say that he may not miss some time, but uh, certainly it seems like it's good news on him. Um, and, yeah, Dane, you get 30 snaps from Corey Ballantyne on defense. That's not certainly something that you're expecting. But with Jair got down and then Valentine getting hurt, he stepped in and, and had to uh, – uh, perform um and frankly i i didn't hear his name or his number a lot and that's usually a good sign uh when you're playing a cornerback position you have to step in like that so um i i i haven't gotten into the all 22 on on valentine's performance yet so i'm sure there's some things but he wasn't getting picked on or isolated so certainly uh he 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 did his job and came in and and that next man up mentality was so important as we saw yesterday so um Dane, any other thoughts on defense? I, I do want to just touch a little bit on on some of the issues we had on special teams, uh, if you don't mind. Unless you had anything else no, on defense, please. yeah, yeah. What did, what did you see particularly on that uh, that punt return touchdown? A pretty significant breakdown there. That could have cost the Packers the game, even though it happened early. I mean, that's where the Saints got a lot of their points. So, you know, what did you make of that? Um, you know, where do you see the breakdown happening there? Yeah, so I'm just gonna paraphrase coach Bisaccia and he he basically said um punting into the wind just didn't get uh, enough hang time uh, under that it didn't look like uh Whalen had a, a clean uh, foot on the ball so it just it it didn't get to uh he didn't get the placement nor the hang time that I think that they would have wanted on that one and then there just wasn't uh, enough lane discipline um and so we had some different guys on special teams, on, on punt coverage and kick coverage yesterday uh, based on some of the call-ups that we had, some of the guys that we had out. Uh, so I, I don't know if that played a factor. I Certainly, I don't think Coach Bisaccia is going to make any excuses when it comes to that. Uh, we've got to be clean when it comes to those uh, the lane integrity, and, and that's the biggest thing, regardless of how well you hit the punt uh, or a kick, if it was a kick as well. You've got to maintain lane integrity and ensure that uh, you squeeze down so that they're not able to get a clean run, especially right up the middle of the field on a punt return. That's what I think was a little bit discouraging about that. But um, uh, yeah, we've that's that's was not a great performance. Uh, not just uh, in terms of the the punt re- return that we gave up, but three penalties uh, in, in returns as well for the Packers uh, on hold. So. Those are things that can really kill you, not not just on the scoreboard, but um, when we're talking about the holds, uh, that that really affected some of the field position. Uh, that the first uh, punt of the game, they had a hold, and they would have had the ball right around midfield for that first possession. Uh, those are the things that can can really hurt, and the Packers as a whole need to really focus on cleaning up some of the the number of penalties that they've had in the first three weeks of the season. Uh, Luckily they've been able to hold on to the football and haven't been turning it over. Uh, But if you have that many penalties and and you start coughing up the football a little bit as well, those are going to be tough things to overcome uh, in any game. Uh, So uh, hopefully those are some things that we can clean up on the special team side as well. 
Yeah, and you know, maybe transitioning over uh, penalties against the Saints are one thing. Penalties against the Detroit Lions will be a much different thing. And um, you know, Eggs, looking ahead maybe to to Thursday night now a little bit. Short week. I feel like Thursday night games traditionally are a little sloppier, unfortunately, than than your your regular um, games for for a number of reasons, but. Um, you know, diving into this matchup with Detroit Lions, I, I got to know, man, like, what are you seeing maybe looking at this Detroit Lions offense? Uh, that's a good starting point. Um, they seem Jared Goff has found a second home, right? He's found maybe his home and he's, he's playing some pretty good football for the Lions. He's not great. But damn, he's good enough right now for them. He's been able to get the ball and he's finding his weapon. So um, who do you think the Packers really need to be zeroing in on? And what do you think the game plan should be going into this week with this Packers defense coming off this victory? Yeah, it, it might sound crazy, but I think it's Jameer Gibbs is where it starts. Um, and the reason I say that, Dane, is I just don't have a lot of faith in our game planning to slow down run games. And I think that's where Detroit has hurt us in the last three matchups. Uh, let's not forget Detroit's won three straight against the Packers. I don't want this to continue. Uh, so I, I, we have to really avoid uh, Detroit being able to establish short down and distance situations because Jared Goff is the type of quarterback that I know gets mut- uh, maligned a little bit as a passer. However, he's got a ton of weapons, and this is a really good offense for Detroit, and they protect him extremely well. They've only given up three sacks so far this season, and so if they're able to get into situations where when it is third down, it's only third and two or third and three or third and four, it's going to be really tough for the Packers, I think, in their base uh, uh, defense to get pressure uh, on Jared Goff. And that's what we need to do in order to get an advantage in this game. That's where Jared Goff, he's not a terrible athlete. He can move around a little bit, but I, in terms of his legs, he's, he's again, not one of those guys. We, we talked about Desmond Ritter a couple of weeks ago. He can extend plays, but he's not going to be someone that's going to be tucking and trying to run a lot unless unless there's just Packers are playing a lot of man and there's a lot of room in front of them. Uh, but the thing is, is that uh, Jared Goff also is not the type of quarterback that you can allow to just sit back and get comfortable. Uh, that's what they've done in some of these past few matchups. Uh, last season, first matchup against Detroit, he really lit us up in the first half uh, because he wasn't getting touched. He wasn't even getting breathed on uh, in, in that matchup. And so this Packers front has been doing a great job of getting after the quarterback and pressuring the quarterback. But much like that matchup against the Falcons two weeks ago, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to do if we can't be stouter against the run uh, on first and second down. So uh, it, it's it might sound a little bit crazy because of some of the other weapons that Detroit has. Uh, I'm on uh, Ross St. Brown. Um, you know, they've got some other guys. Um, I, I think uh, Laporta, the, the rookie tight end, has been flashing and look, looking really good in the past game as well. So he's someone that is certainly going to be in the game plan for the Packers defensively. Uh, but 
uh, it's just going to be really incumbent on them to be able to put together the type of performance that they just had against the Saints in the run game, and that's going to allow more opportunities uh, to be able to put pressure on Jared Goff uh, if he has uh, some longer third down situations and we're able to to pin back a little bit and and have more time to to get upfield and put some pressure on him because if, if he's got to be moving his feet around a lot, um, he's just not as accurate of a thrower. Um, and you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks in this league, but we've seen enough of Jared Goff uh, going back to his time with the Rams uh, that that's a situation that his level of performance can really go downhill in a hurry, but he's a pretty darn good quarterback. Uh, if you give him time and you allow him to sit back there and, and be comfortable and, and pick apart this Packer defense. Yeah. And I, Karsten in our Insta chats talking about a Laporta as well. I mean, he, he kind of had a coming out party, right? Iowa university, of Iowa seems to just produce good tight ends, right? I mean, that's what they do. Another good one. I think I fear that Detroit's got a real good one in him. Um, you know, you mentioned that some of the injuries and in Devondre Campbell, I think it is, I would agree Wags. It's unlikely he's going to be able to go on such short notice with that ankle. Um, so how do you see the Packers taking away somebody like a Laporta? Because that's who I'm circling actually, as, as the offensive threat uh, for, for Detroit. And yes, I mean, St. Brown is ridiculous and, and Gibbs is this young, you know, freak talent. But Laporta, you, you talk about um, about the quarterback being able to get the ball out of his hands quickly, right? And, and, and Laporta is kind of that guy who might be able to box guys out. So do you see Savage maybe getting a lot of work on here? Do you see Quay Walker um, getting some run against the linebacker, a little bit of everybody, a little bit of zone? I mean, how, how do you defend somebody that's so good? I mean, the Packers have done a better job, I think, over the last year or so against the tight end. I, I mean, I, I look back three, four years and I go, oh my God, every time a tight end came around, I was like, we're going to get torched. Hasn't been the case the last couple of years as much, but how do you defend somebody, defend somebody like Laporta, especially when you're missing one of your key inside linebackers? Uh yeah, I mean, that's a great question, Dane. It's not going to be one guy because we know the Packers like to um, be in their, their too high shell nickel look and play a lot of zone. So it's just going to be a matter of communication, chipping them, I think, at the first level, first of all. So um, whether that's Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Van Ness, whoever's uh, lined up on the outside where Laporta is, you want to be able to disrupt his routes. As a rookie, uh, timing may be a little bit uh, more of a challenge. So um, the, the the problem is, is that it's not – it's easier said than done because your first responsibility as an edge guy is to play the run. And, uh, and, and so, you know, you, you kind of having to try to do, uh, it's a both and situation, uh, but you can't let Laporta get free releases off the line of scrimmage. So I think that's the first thing. Um, and, and then behind him, uh, we've seen even Rasul Douglas uh, get, get some tight end assignments. Uh, frankly, I thought he had, great coverage on Jimmy Graham. He had his hand in there. I still don't know how that ball got through there to, to get into the touchdown. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be a team effort in this one. Uh, the lions love to really 
work the middle of the field. Amon Ross St. Brown is another guy. And so that's the other challenge is he has gravity. And I think that's part of why Laporta has been able to find himself uh, open so often in the first three games this year. Uh, so now it's a little bit of you've, you've got to pick and choose when those guys are running rubs or uh, off of each other um, or crossers in the middle of the defense. It's it's not an easy decision because uh, you can't allow Amon Ross St. Brown to run free either. So uh, it's going to require a lot of communication. Uh, I think the Packers are going to have to get good depth at that second level uh, with their linebacker core. Um, and uh, again, uh, they're going to have to get pressure. This is not an easy task. This is a good Detroit offense. They're going to have to get pressures uh, in some of those third down situations with their just their front uh, four uh, or five, depending on how many they're lining up on the line of scrimmage in those third down situations. So uh, it's not going to be easy, but we're going to have to be opportunistic. And uh, hopefully uh, we can just kind of keep them off uh, of their routes a little bit initially. And, and even if they find themselves open, that can make the difference. If it's third and six, maybe their route settles in uh, a yard or two short of the sticks versus if they don't get shipped or, or they're able to get a free release, then all of a sudden they can then run their route uh, beyond the sticks, seven, eight yards deep, and, and it's an easy first down. So those are all the little things that can make a big difference in terms of executing, getting some stops, and and uh, hopefully winning some of those opportunities as well. The big guy who who missed last week, or I guess yesterday, is Jair Alexander. Um, yeah. You know, coming off of I, I said the worst game I've ever seen him play as a professional. Had some back issues. Um, you know. Uh, in practice this past week and he wasn't able to go. Um, how precautionary do you think that was? And, and, you know, we'll talk about the offensive guys where a lot of the other guys were out, but um, do, do you expect Jair to go? I mean, backs are kind of finicky. They're kind of a tough thing because uh, I mean, what, what's your gut feeling? Because it, it's a totally different game plan. I think if Jair's out there against St. Brown versus if he's not, especially with, with some of the injuries, particularly to Valentine, I mean, all of a sudden cornerback is becoming pretty darn thin um, in until we get Stokes back as well. So, you know, what, what do you make of that? I, we don't really have any information. We we don't have anything to work off of. Um, I, we don't know when the, the back injury happened. It, he wasn't listed on the initial injury report on Wednesday last week. So did it happen in practice? Did he just, you know, you can sleep wrong and your back can get racked up. So who knows? And that's the problem is without information, I'm not sure. I can make a prediction on that at this point, Dane. Um, and we're also not going to get true practice injury reports this week. So um, that's kind of a toss up. Uh, that being said, it, certainly he's someone that if he's going to go uh, it, uh, to your point is an obvious uh, difference maker. And I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to have a bounce back performance. And as much of this defense was able to this week, I'm sure Jaya Alexander on an individual level is really ready to have a bounce back performance. Uh, as, as you said, he did not have the best game against the Falcons. Uh, so um, hopefully he's able to go. I'm not a big fan of the idea, as you know, Dane of, well, let's just hold him out because we've got a Thursday game. If he was healthy enough to play on Sunday, I think he would have played. And that goes for the rest of the guys that they held out to you. Um, I, I, 
I understand that's probably not the actual reality, but my feeling is, is players want to play games. Nobody is fully healthy in a vacuum. So we've got to get over the idea of, well, let's just wait until they're healthy uh, and then they can play. There's only 17 games uh, a, a year in the NFL. So if you're healthy, you play period uh, Thursday night or not, that's, that's a problem for another day. Uh, now, could have they been on a, a pitch count yesterday if some of those guys played? Perhaps. Um, we won't know because that didn't happen. So the fact that they did not play yesterday, and, and specifically, I guess, Jair Alexander, to me, doesn't necessarily give us a good indication that that's a bad sign in my mind. It's I don't view that as, well, maybe they're just holding him out and he can be healthy for Thursday. To me, that's shoot, he wasn't healthy enough to play yesterday. He may not play Thursday. So I, I think we need to be prepared for that as as more of the reality. Uh, now, that being said, I, I, I did um, uh, look ahead a little bit this morning at the schedule, and we've got a little bit of a schedule by because we're playing on Thursday. So nine games off uh, because our next game is in Las Vegas on a Monday night football. Uh, so nine games off after this one. And then after that Monday night game is the bye. So the Packers after this game are only playing one game in 22 days. So you, does that mean they're willing to risk running a guy out there that maybe isn't quote unquote, a hundred percent, even though nobody ever is really a hundred percent once you start an NFL season, or does that mean, well, why don't we just lean into this? There's, they're not fully healthy. Let's give them an, uh, an extra game off and you're only missing one game in a 22 day period. Uh, perhaps that's the way that they go. So it might be case by case with each of these guys, how they try to manage that. I don't think it's the same for all of them, or it's a, it's going to be a little bit of a different situation. Uh, but Dane, we certainly could use Jair Alexander out there any game. Uh, but certainly this week is a, a big game against a, a division rival and an opponent. Uh, that uh, is a very good offensive football team. So we need all our guys. And so hopefully he's ready to go, but I'm not super optimistic at this point. The fact that he didn't practice at all Thursday, Friday, and was held out uh, of the game yesterday doesn't tell me that he's probably uh, clearly going to be healthy for Thursday. No, that's, that's, I, I, I appreciate that. And I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I, I am a little more optimistic on the offensive side when we start talking about Aaron Jones. Um, yeah. I felt like he was pretty darn close to going this last week. Uh, did, wasn't able to go, but I have a feeling Aaron Jones is suiting up on Thursday night. Um, and, 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 you know, can't come soon enough. He, he's, he's a game changer. He's so dynamic on this offense. And I look at this Detroit Lions, um, defense wags and, the Lions are a good football team collectively. This is a punchy in the mouth kind of football team that, that that the head coach of Detroit likes to put out there. But this feels like uh, Aaron Jones is a mismatch against this Detroit Lions defense, um, point blank. I look at the inside linebackers. I look at Campbell, some of the guys that they have out there. Um, you know, They've got some guys with some speed, but not the kind of speed like Aaron Jones has. So I think it's going to be critical out of everybody that's been out the last couple of weeks. If the Packers can get Aaron Jones back there, we've had trouble running the ball to start this season. Um, but I think getting Aaron Jones out there uh, could really be a huge remedy. Uh, for this Packers offense. So that's something I'm really, really circling. Um, and, and I'm just, you know, 
it's it's hard so hard to predict, right? The Christian Watsons of the world. Bakhtiari, I'm done trying to predict David Bakhtiari. I have no idea when that man's going to go or not going to go anymore. But um, you know, I'm just kind of curious. Um, you know, do, do you think that out of all the guys that have been out the last week, couple weeks, Aaron Jones is the most critical to get back from from a perspective, or, or you know, who who are you trying to circle right now as as you know? Who, who's the guy that could make the biggest impact uh, out of the guys that are hurt right now? Well, Bakhtiari and Jenkins, because our run game has been struggling. So without those guys, I'm not sure how much room Aaron Jones is going to have. Now, may he be able to make more out of the holes and the opportunities than, than what we've been able to do the last few weeks? Uh, yes, I, I in general, I think he can, just because he's that explosive. That said, this is a Detroit defense that is a top five. I know it's early in the season, but top five defense against the run. They, they're coming off a week. They just held Bijan Robinson to 33 yards rushing and Tyler Algier to 12 yards rushing. Imagine um, that. <laughs> so, yeah, imagine that. They had a, uh, a, a game plan that forced Desmond Ritter to throw the ball 36 times. The exact game plan that we talked about we wanted to see uh, in that Falcons matchup. But, uh, again, that's still impressive, no matter how you slice it, that they were able to essentially not just hold those guys in check, but really shut them down. Uh, tells me that this is a really, really stout uh, Lions defense up front. And they've got some guys uh, across the board uh, that can get after the quarterback and the, and the uh, pass rush as well. Um, when you're looking at their ability in that front for to uh, rush the passer, um, you Aiden Hutchinson is the number one pick a couple years ago. Certainly is the guy that I think most Packer fans are going to be fully aware of. But across that whole front, every single one of those guys, even in the interior, has at least one sack already through three games. So they 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 disperse it pretty well. They run some nice dunks. They play off of each other really well, uh, both rushing the passer. And then especially impressive has been how they've been able to hold up against the run game early in the season. So um, Aaron Jones, I think the bigger thing for me is his ability to be that release valve in the flat. That puts a lot of pressure on this Detroit defense. Um, and we saw that week one against Chicago. Aaron Jones as a receiver can really, really open things up for this Packers offense. And Aaron and, and Aaron Jones is someone that's going to be dynamic in that role. So um, I know Jordan Love has gotten the one thing that he seems to be getting a little bit of criticism for is his low completion rate. And I get it. Um, I think he's been trying to make all the throws. So um, he's not dinking and dunking. The Packers aren't holding any anything back from him. Uh, so I think that's going to improve, uh, but it definitely improves when you've got a guy like Aaron Jones out there uh, to be able to secure passes and take it uh, and, and get five, six, seven yards uh, when you're just doing a little swing pass. So um, I, I think even just from that respect, uh, without if Bakhtiari is not able to go and, and Jenkins isn't going to play this week either, I, I think he's someone that Frankly, they probably just didn't IR him because of the buy and the and maybe they're circling. Perhaps he's able to come back the game after their buy uh, against the Vikings. So, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, they'll be they'll be playing the uh, uh, Broncos. But not to look too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, but 
Um, but yeah, uh, Jones, he, he's, he's someone that he's the best player on this Packers offense. So yes, he's, he's someone that should be able to make a difference, um, in, in terms of getting a rhythm. I'm not sure that he's going to rescue the run game this week. It'd be great to see if he can. Uh, but, um, we're going to have to do some more things, I think, up front, particularly in the interior. Um, so I know you wanted to highlight a couple of things on, on the offensive line as well. So maybe that's a good transition to that discussion. Just looking at the performances of the offensive line yesterday, as well as looking ahead uh, to what that might look like um, this week against the Lions. Yeah. I mean, so, so the, the other piece here, so we're already, you know, the question marks, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, very likely out Zach Tom late in the game at right tackle also uh, went down and, and was out the last few snaps and Yash Nyman was, was able to come in in relief there. But um, if you ask me, I would argue Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins, and David Bakhtiari are the three best offensive linemen on this team. So all of a sudden we're, we're down, you know, three major players on this offensive line. If Zach Tom's unable to go right now, we have no idea what Zach Tom's, um, you know, prognosis is, uh, unless I missed something here today, but I don't think I have. Um, they, so there's they, a, Dane, and okay. I, I apologize to interrupt, Please. but since you're, you're mentioning him, uh, that was one thing coach LaFleur said that he was feeling better today and they're yeah. going to give him up to the game Thursday. So it sounds like he will be probably questionable or a game time decision, but it's, at least encouraging enough yeah. that and normally coach LaFleur is not exactly transparent when it comes to injuries. So uh, the fact that he came right out there and said that indicates to me that at least there's a, a, a pr- pretty decent chance that he could go Thursday. Um, and um, so if nothing else, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a, a multiple week injury, at least from what we know at this point, but um, we've certainly seen how that can go in the other direction as well. But um, it seems to be somewhat encouraging at least at this point. Yeah. I mean that, that, and that's awesome to hear. I mean, I, it's just, it's going to be critical to, to get some of these guys back. I'll tell you what though, um, Rashid Walker, I thought on the left side played a really strong game. Um, so you got to give some props to, to, to him. And I thought Josh Myers also, at least in the pass um, pro played played much better this week than he did last week that this Packer offensive line has struggled in the run game there's make no bones about it but in the past game largely speaking um, they've been able to to provide Jordan Love with with, uh, enough time and when the pocket has broken down we've seen Jordan Love be able to use his legs and and get outside and and you know move move the ball Um, but it's going to be critical for this offensive line um, to to you know continue to keep Jordan upright and you mentioned Jordan making all of the throws I, I expect or, or attempting to I expect him to continue to to try to make these throws I mean he's he's somebody that I'm 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 actually kind of surprised how much he's throwing the ball downfield he's somebody that's really really uh, trying to stretch this defense with some of his playmakers these young playmakers and that's something that you know looking at this Detroit defense as good as they've been so far early in this year um I'm I'm expecting some of these young guys and and for Jordan to really try to put some pressure and some stress on the cornerbacks uh, of Detroit, particularly Cameron Sutton and Jerry Jacobs. Um, fine cornerbacks, but I wouldn't argue they're they're world beaters by any chance or, or stretch of the imagination. And I, whether Christian Watson is in or not. Um, Dentavious Wicks has shown that he can stretch the field. Romeo Dobbs has shown that he can make circus catches in, in, in big spots. But And Jaden Reed's been Jaden Reed. But Wags, I think this is the week I am circling Luke Musgrave. 
Luke Musgrave against this this uh, Detroit Lions defense is the ultimate mismatch. Uh, those guys are really good running downhill, tackling the ball carrier. But I'm not sure if they can stick with Musgraves for four quarters um, with that big body, stretching him out wide, moving him back in, in line. He's playing a huge amount of snaps. I think he's, he played about 88% of the snaps on offense this past week. I expect that trend to continue. And that's who I'm really looking at, whether the offensive line's intact or not, Luke Musgrave is the guy I think this week that I really want to circle because I think that he could have a big time game on national TV at Lambeau Field. Um, we're starting to, I feel like we're seeing little pieces of Musgrave. Um, you know, he's catching the ball really fluidly. Um, they've been able to get him out in space even on a couple of plays, but this is the week over the middle of the field. I think that Detroit can be a little bit vulnerable and I expect Jordan Love to really try to stretch the field. We saw it this week, this past week, Jordan Love, Missed on that seam route, right? He had Musgrave missed on that throw. We'd be talking about a touchdown potentially from Musgrave, a big time touchdown if Jordan was able to hit that play. I expect them to go back to the well on this that one this week. And it's just a matter of time until Musgrave is helping stretch that field from the tight end position because he does have that ability. And I just, I really, something tells me with this Detroit team, I've watched enough of them so far this season that I think that they're vulnerable up the middle in the pass game, not in the run game so much, but in the pass game. So folks, circle Musgrave. I think he can do some real damage against Detroit on Thursday. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And and frankly, it, I think Musgrave's proving to be a mismatch for pretty much anyone. Um, and so uh, he's going to continue to get more and more opportunities as, as we've been talking about. Uh, Dane, one thing that I'm curious about, and, and we don't want to talk too much longer uh, on the offensive line, but um, if... Tom is not able to go and we see Yash Nyman, then I believe we'll see Caleb Jones get uh, active uh, for game day uh, as the backup tackle. Could we also see Sean Ryan uh, come in? And and I know you and and a lot of other Packer fans have not exactly been super high on Royce Newman. I I think he's been struggling uh, in the last couple of games that he got called in. Um, And uh, frankly, uh, Runyon has, as much as I, I actually really like John Runyon Jr., but I think he's struggled a little bit as a, a, a run blocker all year, and, and yesterday was no exception. So the interior of that offensive line is where we're really struggling uh, to get things going, in, in my opinion, in the run game. So it, might it be an opportunity to see what Sean Ryan can do? And not only from the perspective of, of just changing things up a little bit uh, based on the performance that Royce Newman has given us the last two weeks, uh, but also just on the fact that Royce Newman does have some experience playing tackle. So maybe he kind of slides into that backup emergency role uh, where if he has to come in at, at a guard position in the interior uh, or if if it really gets dire, he's able to to come in uh, and play tackle, and and that's kind of the mindset that the Packers come into this week with. Um, I know it's a short week and it's hard to make changes like that, uh, but as I pointed out last week on the depth chart, Sean Ryan technically is the backup left guard to Elton Jenkins, um, so uh, it's just something to be looking out for. I, I don't know if you necessarily have any thoughts on that, other than just I'm just throwing that out there as. Uh, maybe something that the Packers look to do and the coaching staff looks to do uh, to, to try to shore up this run game a little bit this week against Detroit. I hadn't even thought about it, if I'm being completely honest with you. But what I will say is 
offensively, especially along the line, we kind of know what we have in Royce Newman, don't we? I, I think we know who he is. Um, I, I don't expect some some major leap going forward with him. Somebody like Sean Ryan, his rookie year was, I hate to be critical, it was a disaster. Um, he, he, he looked mismatched in camp his first season. Uh, he went in, you know, got suspended some games, just nothing was clicking with Sean Ryan. I thought that his his camp this year was incredibly, incredibly impressive. He was winning his one-on-ones. He put on some really good tape in some of those preseason games. And uh, despite his third-round draft capital wags, he could have been a cup candidate. He really could have been after after his first year. But he rebounded. He bounced back. And, um, you know, I – I'd like to see Sean Ryan get some run, especially I, not 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 if you know. Of course, if everybody's healthy, that's a different story. But right now, we know what we got in Royce Newman. We're not so sure with with Sean Ryan. I agree, it's impossibly challenging uh, in a short week, and perhaps we see it after the um, after the bye, or even after this Thursday night with a little bit more extended time. If Royce Newman struggles a little bit more again this week. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if Elton Jenkins is out for an extended period of time, if Sean Ryan doesn't get an opportunity at some point um, here before even the midseason point uh, to, to show what he can do. Because the Packers saw something in him and he has developed. Uh, I just wonder at what point, we don't see him in practice every day, but we've seen enough, I think, from him that it might warrant an opportunity for him to get some snaps in there. So something I hadn't thought about and probably doesn't happen in two days, but perhaps even after this break, um, you know, this long week and, and they go into the Monday night game, uh, you know, the, the following week, that could be a time where we see Ryan on the road against uh, Las Vegas getting his first NFL snaps. I just wouldn't be surprised to see it. Yeah, um, so we'll wait and see. I, I know you don't ever want to read too much into preseason performances, but uh, certainly Ryan was one of the guys that got some extended run in yeah. that preseason, and Manuel Wilson was finding lots of holes, uh, not just behind him, but uh, that that offensive line that was out there in the preseason. So uh, just something I thought we should consider and, and worth mentioning and, and looking out for. So Dane, um, we are coming up on close to an hour. Of course we uh, are. So, it's Lombardi's Legends uh, podcast. We can't help ourselves. <laughs> uh, so I think we've got a couple of things we want to do here. First of all, um, let's shift into our uh, leap spirits, be legendary uh, performances of the week. Um, and so we want to highlight a couple of guys, both on the offense and defensive side of the ball. And then we're just going to just seamlessly segue into our leap spirits, X factor and score prediction segment. So um, we'll try to make this efficient, but Dane, I'll let you kick this off. Who do you have uh, as your first uh, be legendary uh, performer of the week uh, as you look back at the, against this nice win against the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to start on offense, and I got to go with Jordan Love. Um, he put the team on the back in the fourth quarter. Something that won't get talked about enough. Wags was um, him using his legs, getting around the uh, getting around the edge, and picking up a ton more yards, tiptoeing the sidelines. Love him seeing him use his legs. It honestly reminded me of a young Aaron Rodgers, uh, scrambling and doing just enough. Um, and, and obviously some of the critical throws that he was able to make when it mattered most. Jordan Love is definitely by far on the offensive side, my leap spirits, um, um, big cheese uh, guy, uh, player of, of uh, week three, just a phenomenal fourth quarter performance from Jordan under pressure cooker. 
Yeah, um, I will second that. I just uh, got to give a shout out to to Dobbs and and Luke Musgrave. Yeah. I think uh, certainly were able to make some some big time catches um, uh, throughout the game and and keep things moving a little bit offensively. So um, then Dane shifting over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it's got to be Rashawn Gary, right, uh, in this in this one. And I know he didn't get as many snaps as a lot of the other guys on defense, but based on what he did with those snaps, just huge impact, uh, three sacks, just a, a, an amazing performance. So uh, I think that's another no-brainer for the defensive side. You said it all. Rashawn Gary's the man. He's definitely our, our leap spirits on defense this week. He was phenomenal. Beautiful. Um, all right. So let's shift into our leap spirits X factors for Thursday night against Detroit. And Dan, I'm going to kick this off on the offensive side of the ball. And why break uh, the tradition of what I said I was going to do? I, I did break it in week two, but um, I'm just going to stick with it. I'm riding Jaden Reed as my offensive X factor again this week. Um, you saw this week. Uh, I mean, he was very, very close from having another just huge performance, not only in terms of of potentially getting into the end zone uh, a couple of times, but uh, even with that, was able to to get three catches for 63 yards, came up with a couple of big time catches, uh, moved the sticks on third down uh, a couple of times. And uh, in that last series, that diving catch was a a thing of beauty. So uh, just looking back, even in a, a, maybe a performance that I'm sure he feels like he he missed a couple of opportunities. um, I I think Jaden Reed is someone that is going to bounce back and having a little bit of a coming out party uh, against the Detroit Lions on national television on Thursday night. And uh, I'm excited to see him play every game. The Packers are are out there, but uh, I think this could be set up for a big time X factor performance this week for Jaden Reed. Great choice. Great choice. Wags. Um, I'm going to go with Luke Musgrave uh, as my leap spirits X factor for week four. And I'll tell you what, we talk about Detroit's tight end, right? (laughs) Well, you know what? We talk about Detroit's guy. They should be scared of our guy. Luke Musgrave's going to tear him up. Uh, I really believe that. So yeah, we're going to stay consistent. You're going to go with Reed. I'm going to go with Musgrave. It's like Groundhog's Day. Where's Bill Murray? But I I love the matchup this week. I I already mentioned it. Luke Musgrave, definitely my Leap Spirits X Factor on offense. And Wags, I want you to do the honors on defense. Who you got as your Leap Spirits X Factor on defense this week? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with Razul Douglas. I think this is a week that he gets another interception. He got an interception a couple weeks ago, um, but he's been just playing really solid football across the board. And so I think this is a big week for him because I, he's going to see a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown, regardless of whether Jair can go. And um, and, and this is a good uh, Detroit uh, uh, wide receiver core. We we talked about Laporta as well at tight end, uh, and it seems like where we're lining Razul up in the field um, and how they're rotating in, especially when they're in some of those zone looks. He he's he's responsible for a, a lot of the the outside middle coverages, and so I think he's going to have to have a big time performance this week. Um, if he continues what he's doing in terms of his overall performance, uh, I think that's a harbinger of, of good things for this Packer defense, uh, but I think he's going to have 
the type of performance this week. If he can b- come up with an impact play or two, um, he's the type of guy that he's a true leader uh, on this defense. We we talked about this uh, in training camp, and as he's emerged as kind of the leader uh, of this defense in a lot of ways, not the only leader, but um, it, it's really been an incredible transformation. Uh, so I think a lot of guys feed off of Rasul Douglas. And so I know he's one of the better defensive players we have, but uh, so calling him an X factor, I just think in terms of if he's able to raise his level of performance and come up with an impact player to this week, that could really change the script of this game uh, and, and gives an advantage to the Packers uh, in this one. It's a great choice, Wags. It is. Um, I'm going to go with another guy who's who's definitely a guy uh, on Leap Spirits uh, X Factors. can be Quay Walker. And the reason I say that, Devondre Campbell's out. The middle of the defense is his, right? So let's see what he can do this week. He's going to have his hands full. He's going to have to stop Gibbs. He's going to have to stop Laporte. He's going to have to stop whatever they throw at him, right? And um, he's probably going to be calling in some plays as well, working on alignments. There's a lot of the mental side of this game as well. They're going to be throwing at him. Uh, He's up to the task. So Quay Walker... Uh, having a really nice start to this year, Wags, and I just what more can I say? I, we're we're going to lean on him. Or we're going to rely on him. I think Walker is a star in the making for the Packers, and um, it's a big week when when Devondre Campbell's not next to him, but he's going to take on a ton of snaps, and I expect him to to flourish in this defense this week, and um, and you know maybe he gets another pick. Why don't I throw it out there? I think that he's going to he he's a game changer. So Quay Walker, my leap spirits X factor this week. I love it. All right, Dane, let's get into score predictions. I'm just going to throw this right out there. I got the Packers in this one, 23 to 20. This is going to be another close game. Uh, but I think the defense is going to come up with a couple takeaways in, in this game. And that's going to be the real difference uh, in, in terms of the outcome of this game and, and the game flow. Packers can hang on. Um, I think Detroit will make it interesting and keep it close. Uh, certainly at the end, they're a really good football team. Uh, quite honestly, though, Dane, I think this team is really rallying around each other. This is a we team and a we locker room. I do not know that I've seen that um, to this level. And, 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 I know they were all saying the right things about Jordan Love, for example, coming into the season. But this last couple of weeks has not been the easiest in terms of some of the adversity that they faced situationally within these games. And somehow they keep picking themselves up off the floor and being there for each other as a team. And and I really think that not only that, but the fact that Detroit came into Lambeau at the end of the season last year and won the game and knocked us out of the playoff contention. I think there's a lot of guys on this team right now that are really doing this together as a team. And I think they're really going to be really psyched up to try to uh, get some revenge on Detroit for what happened last season, not only at the end of the season, but the fact that they, got knocked off by the Lions both games last season. I, I think this is a really big opportunity on national television, and I think this young team is going to come in ready to play. And I, I really hope they do, And uh, but I do expect that they're going to be putting all the chips out uh, to try to win this one. I, I love it. I, I really like that prediction. I really do. Um, I got the Packers putting up 31 against Detroit. 31-24. Wow. 
Um, I think the Packers found something out um, late in the in the game la- yesterday. They spread out the Saints a little bit more, and they got some stuff cooking. They they like their matchups. I think that they like their young receivers uh, uh, against uh, a lot of the the depth of defense in this league. I, I think that the the Packers three and four receivers, whether Christian Watson's out there or not, um, we can match up against Detroit. Yeah, they're inexperienced, but boy, oh boy, they're talented. So um, I think Jordan Love's going to let that ball sling around some more. And um, he's, I don't think he's going to shrink on, in these big moments because we, we've seen him so far and he doesn't shrink, Wags. And I want to see him get out there and sling that ball, stretch the field, make some big throws. I think Aaron Jones does come back this week. I think we get the run game going better than we have all season long so far. I'm not saying it's a 100-plus yard performance, but I think it's enough to keep the chains moving. And uh, that's going to allow uh, for, for Jordan Love to sit back there in the pocket and make some big throws. So um, Detroit's a good team. I don't care. I think the Packers are a good team. And I think Jordan Love's going to put on a big-time performance under the big lights at Lambeau Field. So 31-24, Packers going to win this football game. I love it, Dan. I love it. And especially if we can get a couple turnovers, why not get uh, some additional points? It's hard to know uh, how good is this Detroit defense. Uh, they look pretty good in week one against the Chiefs. Granted, that was without Travis Kelsey, uh, but still, <laughs> that's the Chiefs. Um, didn't look all that great in week two. The Seahawks put up a, a bunch of yards and points. And then yesterday uh, against a Falcons team that I think, Say what you will. Obviously, the Packers weren't able to put them away is is a a solid team. They're not terrible, um, but held them to six points and really shut down their strength in the run game. So um, I think we'll have to be prepared for this to be a tough game. But, um, Dane, I, I love your optimism, and obviously I predict Packers win too. Uh, so hopefully we're able to come on, come away with some takeaways in this game, and, and that can tilt the, the scoreboard as well. So And, Wags, we got some comments. John got the Packers 40-20. to 20. I love it. Pack winning. And our boy Kevin's got, uh, he says, 100% agree on the we team. Post-game interviews just sound different this year. It's all about us and we. Pretty neat. Um, it echoes what you said. And, yeah, there's something different going on on here. This is a young team that believes in each other and, um, you know, like LaFleur, don't like LaFleur. I know folks have all their opinions of Coach LaFleur. I think he's the right coach for this team. Um, he, he's he's a leader of men and I think these young men are rallying around him and this quarterback and I'm so excited to see this team continue to grow uh, this year. So couldn't agree more. All right. Beautiful. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us uh, live tonight, or if you're listening to this uh, either Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday leading up to the game against Detroit on Thursday Night Football. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.